gift of God's love at work in the world. So you'll see, for example, not long after that story of Pentecost, um, you'll see them devise a way to feed widows and orphans. And they do this as a manifestation of God's love, that mission as a way of demonstrating God's love. You see people who were Greek-speaking, who thought they were intellectually uh, superior, philosophically superior. You see them suddenly sit at the feet of fishermen and tent makers in order to learn. And then, of course, you see it beautifully said, for example, in the book of Ephesians, where the dividing walls of hostility are broken down between people. The Holy Spirit comes and it creates a way for these Gentile and these Jewish believers to break down those walls of division, those walls of hostility, because they normally wouldn't want to be with each other. They thought of themselves as enemies, but the gospel changed them. The gospel gave them this desire and ability to love the other, to love someone who would ordinarily be their enemy. It broke down that dividing wall of hostility. So I see that happening not just back there, but I see it happening in our life here as a church. I see it come, and I see people who aren't related to each other biologically, but I see them come together in this corporate body as as brothers and sisters in Christ. And you see them bond their lives together in love and in friendship. And and people who are sometimes across divides and across different ways of thinking, across politics, they come together, brought together, bound together by the love of Christ and the Holy Spirit at work in them. And the other way, very quickly, the corporate way that the Holy Spirit guides us is in our decision-making as a church. We've seen it in the pandemic, and we also see it as this church seeks to um, define its mission and define its purpose of love and how we demonstrate love and how we demonstrate uh, and, and tell the world about God's love. And so we do that through strategic planning. We do it during goal setting. You may know that the pandemic interrupted a strategic visioning process where we had a deacons and elders retreat in February of 2020, and our deacons and elders were getting at work to revise and assess our strategic plan, and then we got stuck in the quicksand of the pandemic, and we didn't go anywhere for months and months and months. But about late fall, October, November, we kind of started to pull ourselves up out of that pandemic and then led by... Kirsten King, who before she decided to become a minister, was a project manager, a team manager at FedEx, and under her leadership, we've dusted off that strategic plan, and there's been lots of prayers, lots of work, lots of listening, lots of conversations about what our goals will be as we emerge from this pandemic and start our next program year, and so you'll hear more and more about that under Kirsten's leadership in the coming weeks, because the Holy Spirit is alive and at work at Germantown Presbyterian Church to bind us together in an external public way and then to set us on a path forward in our mutual life together. And then I'll finish by just sharing with you how I see this Holy Spirit at work in this internal, private, individual way. And it's true and it's absolutely unique for who you are. The Holy Spirit will work in your life in a way that is unique to you and to your situation and to your triumphs and your tragedies. Nobody knows you like the Holy Spirit. Nobody knows your 
regrets. Nobody knows your past. Nobody knows your future like the Holy Spirit. Nobody knows your psychoses and neuroses and anxieties and problems and, and all the things that affect you. Nobody knows you and nobody loves you like the Holy Spirit of God. So that the Holy Spirit of God will come to you in ways that Jesus promised. Again, you go back and you look at the Last Supper where Jesus promised the Holy Spirit. And he said this, he said, I will not leave you alone. I will not leave you like orphans in the world. And then he uses two words to describe what the Holy Spirit will do. He uses the word counselor and the word comforter. Counselor and comforter. And then he talks about how the Holy Spirit, you'll have this counsel, you'll have this wisdom from God that when you are stuck and you don't know what decision to make and you don't know what path to take and you're just perplexed by some decision at some crossroads in life, Christ promises the Holy Spirit will come to you to give you direction, to give you wisdom, to give you your future path, that God will be your counselor, and the Holy Spirit will be your comforter. The Holy Spirit will be the one who comforts you in ways that no other person can. Sometimes at night, usually almost every night, um, at some point, we'll be sitting around our den area, and sometimes, like tonight, we'll be watching the Grizzlies. Other nights, the TV's off, and we're just reading a magazine or reading a book, and I will read something that really disturbs me, perhaps. Or, more likely, my mind will drift off, and I'll think about some problem in my own life, some personal obstacle, some regret that I've got. Or, I'll start to think about our church. And I'll start to think about church members and people that we know and love. And I'll think about somebody who has recently gotten just a terrible diagnosis. Or I'll think about some family that I know of is in crisis. And I will just, uh, just exhale the breath out of me in a way that's a groan. Or someone will usually say from the same room, well, that's a pretty heavy sigh. <laughs> and it is a heavy sigh. It's a heavy sigh of grief or regret. And that word is found in our reading tonight. That the Spirit prays for us in sighs too deep for words is how our translation reads it. Other translations actually use the word groan. In, in groans that are too deep for words. A sigh is what happens when you just, you just lose your breath. And maybe you know what it's like to have the breath knocked out of you. If you've ever fallen down and hit something, you have the breath knocked out of you. The Holy Spirit of God promises to come to you and to me when we get the breath knocked out of us. When something happens in life and we just can't breathe. The Holy Spirit is God coming to breathe life and love and comfort and hope back into each one of us when we feel like suffocating. While we, and you can look at these words in Rome, while we wait for the redemption of our bodies, while we suffer in weakness, while we worry over family and relationships, while we wrestle with the big problems of this world, and there are so many big ones, when we struggle against sin, when the Holy Spirit the Holy Spirit comes to us. The Holy Spirit takes all of that and, and as Romans says, takes it up into the mind of God. 
in size too deep for words. The Holy Spirit of God is there in the mind and the heart of God, sighing on our behalf, seeking the mind and the wisdom of God. That's who we celebrate on this Pentecost day. That's who we celebrate. That's what we celebrate, that the Holy Spirit comes to a corporate group like a church, like our church, and inspires us and breathes life into us and gives us purpose and direction for how we go out and tell the world about God's love. And the Holy Spirit comes into each life in a way that's absolutely unique to you, to be your counselor and your comforter. And so it is with gratitude to God that we express our love for the Holy Spirit, that we pray to the Holy Spirit, and on this Pentecost Sunday, that we say thank you to God for the gift of the Spirit. Let us pray. Lord, we do come before you this evening and we are grateful for your Holy Spirit that comes to us in ways that sometimes feel like a mighty wind, that sometimes even singe us like a tongue of fire, but also comes in a way that comforts and in a way that counsels us. And so for all the ways in which you come to us, Holy Spirit, we are grateful. And on this day of worship, on this night of worship, we praise you for your guidance in our lives. And we pray, Holy Spirit, that you would continue to be that flame and continue to be that wind and to lead us and direct us in everything we do as a corporate body, as a church, but also as your individual disciples. It is in Christ's name that we pray. Amen. So this next song um, that we're going to sing, the first lines of it says, come set your rule and reign in our hearts again. You know, when we really let Jesus' rule and reign come into our hearts, when we let him have authority, that means what he says goes. And he's given us a lot of things to do. Um, He's told us his truth in his word. And that means we take it seriously know what he says goes in our lives and that's something we often at least I often skip over in this song at least come set your rule and reign but that that's hefty (laughs) so this song is called build your kingdom here and that's one of the things that God actually has told us to do is to go to be a part of his mission here in building his kingdom here on earth we are his ambassadors so As we mentioned, I don't want to forget, we don't have to do this on our own. The Holy Spirit is the one who empowers us to go and to love others and to do these things, which is such a gift that is such good news for us. So Julia and I are actually going to minister this song to you. You can stay seated if you like. You can rise if you would like to. And however, you may sing on the parts that you feel led to.
This time we do remind everybody about our offering that you can give. Uh, you can give to the church website. If you're watching us at home, you can give by placing an offering in the collection plate there. You can give in many ways, and for all those ways, we are grateful as we as a church seek to go out and to tell the world about God's love. So we'll dedicate that offering in prayer, and we'll pray just a few minutes for the sake of our world and those around us. Let us pray. 
Holy God, on this Pentecost night, we do pray in the ways that we have already named that your Holy Spirit would come into the lives of each individual. And we are thinking in particular now of those who need a special reassurance of your grace on this evening. They need a reassurance of your grace and love because they are undergoing some particular time in their life where they need their counselor and they need their comforter. And so we do pray, O oh God, for those who need your spirit tonight because they have received news of a difficult way ahead of them. We think about those who are sick and those who are injured. We think about those in our church and in our own families who are facing a crisis. And so we lift them up to you on this Pentecost night, and we pray, Holy Spirit, that you would be as close to them as their next breath, and that you would love them through this time and give them a sense of your hope that there is a future that awaits them, that may be beyond their imagination right now, but is as solid as your love. We pray, Holy Spirit, that you would also come into the life of our church and every church, Lord, that you would continue to give us a sense of purpose and a sense of love, that you would continue to give us a vision of our collective future. We thank you for all the ways in which you bind so many people in this congregation, in this community of faith, that you bind our hearts together in love. And we pray, O oh God, for that love only to widen and to enlarge. We thank you for all those who visit our congregation and visit our worship services, and we pray, Lord, that you would help them to find this place to be a church home and a family of faith for them. And give us vision, Lord, through our strategic planning and through all of our decisions. Give us vision of your kingdom of love here on earth. <coughs> Lord, we pray for your Holy Spirit to also be active and to be very alive in places in our world where there is great grief, where there is violence, and where there is pain. Lord, we know because of our news and because of the events of this last week that the Middle East, and in particular Gaza and Israel, Jerusalem, Lord, that that place is a place that needs your peace and needs your spirit. And so we pray for peace to be among all those in government and all those uh, in leadership, whether it is there, O oh God, in Jerusalem and in Gaza, or whether it's here in our own country or all other countries around the world, O oh God, we pray that you would give us and them, our leaders, a vision of what peace and what security and what abundance is like. Well, we pray that you would receive the offering that we give tonight and that you would use it and multiply it 30, 60, and 100 fold as we seek to build your kingdom and represent Christ and be his ambassadors here in this world. We pray, O oh Lord, that you would hear us now as whether we're worshiping at home or whether we're here in the sanctuary, that we would unite our many voices into one voice as we pray the prayer that Christ taught us to pray, saying, Our Father, who is in heaven, holy is your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Lead us not into temptation and deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. You may join us in standing. Uh, we're going to
amazing, glorious day. One of the things that if you note about the disciples prior to Pentecost, the scriptures say that when Jesus was struck, you strike the shepherd and the sheep scatter, and they all went to their homes, they locked the doors, they locked the windows, and they were in their own tombs. But when the Holy Spirit came upon them in Acts chapter 2, you find Peter and you find the disciples, they're changed men because they've now been empowered by the Holy Spirit. In fact, in Acts chapter 1, they are told to wait upon the Holy Spirit because he would empower them to go and to teach and to preach this gospel. Paul speaking in Ephesians chapter 1, and he says this, and this is hard for us to wrap our minds behind and around, but he says this, the same spirit that raised Jesus Christ from the dead dwells in us. Wow. Sing with us, glorious day for Pentecost. This wasn't just then, it's now a glorious day for all of us. I needed 
I love that line. I ran out of that. I picture Lazarus running out of that grave like that. And of course, the Holy Spirit decides to update the computer right in the middle of the last <laughs> verse. So there it was. Friends, you've heard me add these words to my usual uh, refrain or, or, or um, charge and blessing at the end. And I just really appreciate these words as I've been reading them in 1 Corinthians. It is this. Um, keep alert. Be on guard. Stand firm. Be courageous and strong. But let everything you do be done in love. And so I do invite you to remember the Holy Spirit's coming to us in love and invite you to go out into this world to love and serve the Lord and to love and serve your neighbor as yourself. And as you go, may the grace of Almighty God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit descend upon you and dwell in your heart and in your mind forever. Amen.